It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. Welcome to another episode of Helmets Off. I'm your host, Scott Mitchell. We're powered by kslsports.com. Thank you for tuning in. Please go and like us on all those special places. Subscribe to this show wherever you find podcasts. You can go to kslsports.com, find it on there, or anywhere you find podcasts. We're on uh, Facebook, at the Helmets Off um, podcast, and on Twitter, at the Helmets Off show. So thank you for joining. Um, today. Uh, Of course, this is something that's just irritated the heck out of me, and that is the Pac-12 and the Big Ten have decided this fall not to participate in fall sports, but more specifically football. And the more I've thought about this, it's just irritated and just aggravated me to no end. And here's why. The um, high school football in a lot of states is going on, and they're figuring out a way to do it. The NBA has said, okay, we're figuring out a way to finish out our season, and they've done a remarkable job with that. Major League Baseball, in spite of some you know, bumps in the road and some, an outbreak of, of uh, positive cases, has figured out a way to uh, have a baseball season this year. Major League Soccer is going on. The NFL is getting ready to start. And three of the five Power Five conferences are playing, plus a lot of the, the G5 conferences are playing football. I mean, really, UConn, uh, UMass, and the Big Ten and the Pac-12 are the only, only people, sports organizations in America that are saying no. And, and they fall back on this whole idea of, well, we've listened to the experts. The experts tell us we shouldn't do this. And yet they went for months and months creating a plan like everyone else did. And now everyone's executing on that plan except for these two conferences. And a lot of people are outraged. And the more I listen to and think about this, the more I'm outraged. Just start it. Start it. And if you have issues and something comes up, just, you know, figure it out. And, uh, and, and, then, and you can shut it down. But, but just to just fully all across the board, shut it down, sorry, done, we're out. Just seems, uh, it just doesn't smell right to me, and it doesn't sit right. So the question I have with all of this is, how does this hurt these conferences, the Big Ten and the Pac-12? And, and the reality is, is it's going to hurt the Pac-12, I think, significantly more than the Big Ten. And, and simply for this reason, the Pac-12 is already hurt. Pac-12 has issues. The Pac-12 is, is really, it's like a, it's not considered a Power 5 conference. It's like a Power 4.0 conference or 4, 4.5 conference. It's not, it's not quite there. And there just, they're just can never seem to be any consistent team or teams that can compete on a national stage. And you've got USC, a, a traditional power. 
recently there were uh, th these rankings of the, since 1998. Most players put into the pros by position and the impact they've had. And USC is across the board. Every single position group, offense and defense, they're like, they rank number, you know, anywhere in the top five in every single one of those categories across the nation. They have talent. And yet, even the schools with talent can't seem to get it together. This conference just, for whatever reason, can't seem to get it together. The fan bases are anemic. I mean, I know I go, I, I'm, I broadcast all the, all the Pac-12 games for the University of Utah. You have Oregon, you have Washington, you have Utah, and you have USC to some extent, and everyone else, no one shows up at the games. They're, they're half-filled stadiums. They're, there's not even a lot of interest. And you've got a, you've got a place like uh, UCLA that, that has one of the most marketable uh, sports uh, franchise logo and just image and tradition in the country. It's a top 10 program perennially in, in all the big sports. And yet they flounder in just being completely inept. And so all of that being said, and, and, and the other one I wanted to bring up was Stanford. It's like, oh my goodness, Stanford, Stanford figured out how to win football. But you go to a beautiful stadium and a, in a massively populated part of the country, the Bay Area, and you can't fill up a 55,000 seat stadium on a beautiful Saturday night. And you would think they could at least get 55,000 people in the stands, and they can't. And this is without the coronavirus. And maybe, you know, maybe the Pac-12 realized that this year, college football playoffs, have, have, it's going to happen. They put the dates out there. They're going to have a playoff. They're not going to consider any teams in the spring. And, and if, you're, if you're a conference like the Big Ten and the Pac-12, I would be so embarrassed. I'd be so infuriated that I'm not going to have an opportunity to, to participate in that. So, so you have the Pac-12 who says, well, one of, the, one of the playoff games is the Rose Bowl. So the Pac-12 loses the Rose Bowl this year. And maybe that's why they wanted to get out, because they knew that the Rose Bowl was going to go to another team and, and their conference champion would not be a part of it unless – uh, they played, and they, and they had a team that actually made it into, into the, to the college football playoffs, which is a reality this year because of the change in schedule. Because you're not going to have Alabama go undefeated. You're not going to have Georgia go undefeated. If ever there was a year for the Pac-12 to get a team in the playoffs, it's this year. Because you're, you're playing all these in-conference games. Uh, the SEC has had a, a, a massive advantage with, with scheduling one less conference game and having a cupcake late in the season to help you recover and and uh, regenerate yourself for the for the late season push in, in the in the season. So, if there ever was a year, this was the year for the Pac-12. But now, what's going to happen? Uh, people are going to go. It, you become irrelevant. People just if it's it's like out of sight, out of mind, and that's part of the that's part of the whole problem with the Pac-12. Anyways, I mean, they, they hired a, a publicity firm to help them out. They paid for positive articles in the LA Times, and they did all these things to try to to boost the image of their conference. And yet, they're just bailing on all of their sports. And and you have to wonder 
why they just didn't try. Why they just, you know, it, just try. It, it just looks so much better. You hear, you hear a lot of the schools that are saying, you know, we, we haven't had a lot of people transfer, but I have to believe it just further, it further uh, cements people's impression of the Pac-12. And, and really, the, I'm, not, I'm not really that concerned with the Big Ten. The Big Ten, the Big Ten has a legacy. It will be fine. Pac-12, it's going to be a challenge. Now, I've said this before, like, and I have a personal interest in this. University of Utah actually benefits from this. If and only if they can play a spring schedule. If they can play early and they can play six to eight games, this will be a massive boost for the University of Utah. And consider that they don't lose anyone, which the NCAA has said, uh, that, no, that you know, outgoing seniors. So, because Utah lost everyone. They lost their nine of their 11 starters on defense, a quarterback, their running back. So, so you know, from a, from a school perspective, not from the Pac-12 conference, Utah actually could, could significantly benefit from, from having this extra time. And again, it's if they can play those spring games because they're, they're, they're going to have time in the fall to practice with their players, give these young guys some reps. They're going to play in real games that don't really count. I mean, they're, they, they, they count for nothing because there's no – you know, maybe they have a conference champion or whatever. Great. Hallelujah. Who cares? No one – I mean, people will watch and tune in, but it'll just be like, whatever. College football is in the fall. It's right now. Everyone's getting excited about college football. And it will be brutally painful for the Pac-12 to be out of it. I mean, the governor of Mississippi uh, made a statement. He said, look, we're not going to tailgate. We're not going to have large gatherings before games. That's so we can have games. And it's a whole lot better having games than being like the Pac-12 and not having games. This is, governor, this is the governor of Mississippi saying this. So that's what people are viewing and looking at these conferences. I don't think anyone's sitting there going, that was really a smart move, you guys. That was, you guys are, you guys are smart. You guys are, you know, you know, we really applaud you for this. I don't, I don't think people are feeling that at all. I think people are furious about it, quite frankly. Well, um, I'm going to take a break. And uh, when we come back, it's like, what have we been doing without being able to watch sports? Are there new sports? Are there different sports? Uh, well, I'll tell you what I've been doing. And it ain't been watching sports. We'll be back in a second. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Okay, welcome back to uh, Helmets Off. This is round two. Uh, you know, this, this whole Pac-12, Big Ten, 
why are you guys not playing? And, and does this affect your image? You know, yeah, I think it does. But uh, one of the things that, that happens, or at least has happened with me, when I haven't had the opportunities to watch sports, I've done other things. I, I've really, I, you know, I haven't, I haven't said, well, there are certain things going on and I'm going to watch them now. So, you know, maybe some of the Premier League soccer or, or hockey or, you know, some of the stuff that's, you know, and they had these crazy sports going on, like the cornhole championships and, and other things. And I just, I was like, nah, I'm just, I'm going to find other ways to entertain myself, which is kind of scary for me because, and I think it's scary for these sports and it's scary for a lot of people because people all of a sudden realize I can survive without sports. I can go out and I can do other things and, and I can enjoy them. And I may find myself going, yeah, you know, I kind of like this more. And, and we all have discretionary time. We have, we have this time in our lives where we go, I, my entertainment time, my time to kind of recharge myself, whatever it might be. And there are a lot of choices out there. And a lot of people choose to watch sports. They choose to go to concerts or the, you know, go on and, and watch uh, the theater or, or whatever it might be, a movie. And, and there, are, there, are, there are only so many hours of entertainment capital that we have. And we invest that into things that we're going to get a return on. So the Pac-12 not being around, it's like, yeah, I'll go find something else. And it's, it's, it's a little bit of a concern with all of this, this idea of boycotting. And, and, I, and, I, and I don't even want to get into the issues of why they're boycotting. Is it a good reason? Is it a bad reason? I, I really don't want to get into that. I just want to say there could be an unintended consequence that people go, oh, well, if you're not going to play, uh, I have this time that I've set aside for this. I'm going to go use that time for something else. And, and that could, that's a real thing that could happen. So. What I, what I did is like, how can I stay away from people and, and not go crazy in my house? And so I, I went around and, and I, I found places to explore that were out of the way, off the beaten path, and, and things that people weren't necessarily doing. So I stayed away from people. Uh, I kept my sanity. And I found some amazing, amazing, beautiful places. I live in the western part of the United States, and 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 going out in the desert where I live was fascinating. Early in the spring, uh, where it wasn't you know it wasn't super warm, and there was still snow in the mountains, but it was nice out in the desert. Beautiful, unbelievable, fascinating. Uh, I I'm passionate about fishing, and there's a lot of locations I can't go fishing. You know, I can't go to uh, other countries, which I've I've been able to do in the past, and I can't do it. So figuring out um, new places, places I've never been, places I've always wanted to go. But again, my, my capital, my, my entertainment time was limited in the past. You can only do so much. So, so for me, it wasn't watching new or different sports. For me, it was going out and, uh, and finding new and interesting places that I could, I, could, I could go travel to. And it was awesome and it's been amazing. And I found I found some great places. Uh, you know, the one of the things for me is I have my my youngest son plays football, 
And this fall, I'm like, hey, I, I got to go watch every single one of his games, which I, I wouldn't have been able to do had I been broadcasting the football games. And, and so now I have that opportunity. And for me, that's huge. Yeah, and, and, it's, and I'm so excited about it. So, so watching my children and, and whatever they're involved in or, or getting involved in things that they really like to do is, you know, it's uh, when we can't go and watch these other things, it's, it's been a fun, a fun thing to do. So I've learned this one lesson in life that you're always replaceable. And, and as, 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 as important as you think you are, and as much as you think, you know, you're popular and people like you and, and people watch you, if you're, if you're not around, we as a society tend to move on. Out of sight, out of mind, uh, makes it really hard for people to go, yeah, I'm, I'm in it. And, uh, and so I, I really hope that sports will do everything it possibly can do to stay relevant and to get back out there and to figure out how to do this uh, because a lot of people will, they'll, they'll go, yeah, I can find other things to do with my time. All right, going to take another break. And uh, round three, three of three uh, is up next. So uh, a lot of players from the University of Utah were drafted this spring and the NFL season's right around the corner. And I have a defensive player that I'm super excited to watch for this year who I think will be amazing. Stick around and we'll be back in a bit. Okay, uh, welcome back to Helmets Off. Scott Mitchell, the old host here. Uh, appreciate you tuning in to what we do. Please like us. Uh, go to kslsports.com uh, and wherever wherever you find your podcast. And I've uh, been doing this now for for almost four years and I've really enjoyed it really love to do it uh fun to kind of share my views on sports and life and and hear those of others in in sports and life arenas so just really appreciate you being a part of what we're doing hey that's my phone um all right so University of Utah had quite a few players drafted this year um it, it and, and not, you know, free agency, whatever. It's going to be challenging with no preseason for some of these guys to stick with teams. I think early in the season, you're going to see a lot of adjusting and, and a lot of movement, uh, just, you know, teams trying to figure out if guys can really help or if they can't. But I'll tell you a guy that, that I am, I'm very curious to see how he plays this year for a lot of reasons in that I think this team is going to make a big push in the NFL this year, and that's the Chicago Bears and Jalen Johnson. And they drafted him to basically come in and be a starting corner for them. So I, I'm, I'm really fascinated to see um, how he plays out. I think, I think he'll actually play out well for, for this reason. This is a really good defense to start with. Uh, it's, it's been one of, the, one of the top defenses in the NFL, and I, I think he can certainly help them get better. They have, uh, there's, there's kind of, there's two things. It's like, which came first, the chicken or the egg with defenses? And, and in order to get pressure on a quarterback, which came first? Was it the pass rush that got to the quarterback, made him throw the ball quicker? Or was it that the defensive coverage was so good and so tight 
that he had to hold on to the ball longer because nobody was open. And, 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 uh, so, but when you can have both, which I think this, this, is, this is a defense that potentially could have that, uh, that really that makes you a much better team. And so it's, it's one thing for a player to, go, to just go to a team, but one of the reasons I'm excited about him because I think his team's going to be really good. I think their defense is going to be really good. I think they, they had just kind of one of those uh, hangover years from, you know, almost going to the Super Bowl, really. And, and they were, you know, they were just a little fingertip from the, the kicker uh, from, from moving on in the playoffs. And, and so, so that's the one side of it is that I, I think this is already a good defense that, um, you know, so Jalen Johnson's not, not a savior guy. He's not a guy that's going to come in and he's just going to add to what is already good. And that's something that uh, is a nice situation for, for a young player to come into because, you know, he's going to learn so much and he's going to grow and he's going to develop and he's going to really come into his own uh, over time. And he'll have the luxury of being on a good team to start with that uh, I don't want to say they can make up for some of his mistakes, but it just, it's just helpful when, you, when you're surrounded by a lot of those um, – a lot of talented players because it's never just one player. A lot of times you'll see these quarterbacks drafted later in like the first round and they're drafted on teams that are good. And a lot of times it, the guy that gets drafted later tends to have a better career. You look at Dan Marino kind of, you know, he's like the fifth quarterback taken by the dolphins who've been to this, you know, been to the super bowl. And, and he was a guy that uh, benefited from having a lot of talent around him. Not that he wasn't talented, he was. I mean, he, Dan Marino could have been the first pick in the draft and no one would have argued. But he's, he, he was a guy that, that really um, had that benefit. And I think that's one of those things uh, for Jalen Johnson. Uh, the other thing, I think he's really good. I mean, this guy this guy's super fast. He's super athletic. Uh, he's gonna he's gonna grow immensely with a good in a good defensive system. So so it'll be fun to see how his skills translate into that into the pro game and and how he how he elevates his game to be able to play there. But then here here's something that I think um, would be fun if you're a defensive player, and that is I I believe the Bears offensively are actually going to be better. Whoever is playing quarterback is, is going to be playing at a pretty high level. Nick Foles is, is going to push Mitchell Trubisky to a higher level because he, he, really, he really struggled a year ago in, in not in elevating his game. Uh, it didn't maybe take the maturation steps that you would have thought. And everyone feels like they're kind of a quarterback away from having, having a real shot at winning a Super Bowl and I and I think they're close to that and you have Matt Nagy who of course is with uh, Doug Peterson who of course had Nick Foles so he's running Nick Foles is in a, an offense that he's very familiar with and if, it, if anything he can educate and teach uh, and help um, uh, Mitchell Trubisky grow if, if that's if that's where this thing goes but I, I think Nick Foles is a guy that wants to compete and wants to be out there and wants to be on the field. So it just feels like I want to say almost a perfect storm is brewing for the Chicago Bears to to have a good year. And Jalen Johnson might be in the in the middle of that. And it's always fun 
when you're a player that goes on a team that's very successful, goes far in the playoffs, potentially goes to Super Bowl, uh, and that that's a cool thing to to be a part of. So for me, that'll be a lot of fun. And I, I'm always cheering for all these guys, but but Jalen Johnson's situation I think is the most unique for me. All right, helmets off is now off. Thank you for showing up. Um, until we see you uh, later, we'll uh, we'll catch you then. A stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.